Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We work hard as physicians to take care of the health and well-being of our patients. But when it comes to our money, do we have the same condition of care? Probably, probably not. Let's change that together. Welcome to the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast, where we'll fight and advocate for your financial literacy. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. Thanks for being here. Let's jump into the show. This week's episode is sponsored by CityVest. CityVest has quickly become the most popular and best way for doctors to invest in top-performing real estate private equity funds that are usually reserved for institutional investors. This unique access to investing in these institutional funds is available for the first time ever through CityVest's easy and secure online investment platform. CityVest does the hard work of conducting due diligence and vetting the investments. They even get a third-party due diligence report that is posted on their website. As a result of aggregating a several-million-dollar investment amount into their access funds, CityVest gains access to investing in the institutional investment and is able to negotiate better investment terms such as a 12% preferred return. You can check them out at cityvest.com or go to the link in the show notes below. Welcome everybody to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, we talk about four types of freedom, financial, time, location, emotional freedom. And in that light, our audiences consist of physicians, entrepreneurs, investors, business owners, and we highlight individuals doing things on the cutting edge, outside of the box, uh, showing you what is possible to live your best life. So in that light, we have Paul Palm, and he's the creator of the simple money system and passive income machine. I'm going to let him talk all about his himself and his journey, but we're going to, it's going to be a great conversation about entrepreneurship, becoming a millionaire, passive income uh, mindset. So Paul, welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's exciting. Yeah. I know we had, uh, you know, talked on uh, PodMatch and, um, you know, like, like I said, I think your expertise and your experience would really benefit the audience. So Tell us more about yourself, uh, your business, your company, and how you got started. Yeah, my story is kind of crazy. I grew up in a really small town in South Dakota. And then when I graduated college, my best friend was, this is back in 1997. He's like, hey, I'm going to move to Dallas and train to fight in the UFC. I'm like, well, that's interesting. I don't want to do that, but I want to get out of South Dakota and move down to Texas. Met my wife two years later, been together for 25 years. So it's been, I guess I'm a permanent resident of Texas now. And then one thing led to another, I ended up getting a job as a stockbroker in 2001. One, we were hiring everybody back then. It was like the markets were on fire. If anybody remembers the dot-com bubble, I was a part of that. <laughs> I got to watch that thing explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, of course, you know, did that for six years and got the entrepreneurial bug, got hooked on that, opened up a few businesses, did that, and then started consulting, helping people grow their business. And then one of the 
cool side effects of growing your business the right way is you start having more money you don't know what to do with. And then so I was like, hey, I'm going full circle now. I'm going to go back to being a stockbroker and help people set up, you know, just basic automations to get them on the right track to financial freedom. Yeah. Well, it's a very inspiring journey. And it sounds like you're an entrepreneur at heart. And um, uh, so, you know, we'll go down. We'll start uh, talking about um, basic uh, the fest. So we can talk about, you know, on how any entrepreneur can become a millionaire. So tell us, you know, you, you did it through stocks and through businesses uh, and share us your experience and your wisdom from that. Yeah, it's the funniest thing because I grew up like a lot of people where my family didn't talk about money. They were like, money is evil. We can't afford that. Money doesn't grow on trees, all the limiting beliefs we have. And then I was 26 and I got a job as a stockbroker and I started talking to people on the phone. They'd call up and have millions of dollars. And I'm like, oh, this person must be like, a genius or whatever. Cause I'd never met anybody that had that kind of money. And I started talking to them. There's regular people that put money away every week for 40 years. And they're like, yeah, one day I had $2 million. And I'm like, okay, this is not that hard. And then when you go through it and you go through all the financial models, anybody listening has probably been to like a Fidelity, a Schwab or an Ameritrade. And they're like, Hey, if you put, and everybody's seen the chart, you put $400 away at 9, 9.5% interest for 40 years and the S&P 500, you're going to have a million dollars. I mean, it's just math and automation and just leaving the money in the market. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's, that takes too long. I don't have, I don't want to wait 40 years. And then you start to talk to people. It's like, well, then you have to accelerate, put more money away or create a business that makes you profits, then set up different retirement accounts, trying to find ways to accelerate it. But the cool thing I tell anybody is like, people always say, oh, you know, that's going to take too long. I'm like, well, it's better than being 65 with nothing. <laughs> so it's like, so I tell people, if you're 25, you're getting out of school or whatever and start, just start putting money away, you know, four or 500 bucks a month. And then when you get into your 30s and 40s and 50s, when you're really making money, then just start accelerating it and finding different tax vehicles. So then when that day comes when you're like, you know what, I'm good, then you can just step away and just enjoy your life instead of being, you know, 60, 70 years old, you know, try to live off social security and whatever you have left from hopefully selling your business, which who knows after the last couple of years, what businesses are worth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all about, you know, a discipline, saving plan, um, saving, you know, 10, 20, you know, plus percent of your income, you know, try to legally pay as little in taxes as possible and just, you know, keep your money in the market dollar cost averaging. So, yeah. And that's the hardest part. Cause we saw it back, you know, in uh, 2020, when the pandemic started, the markets crashed, what everybody started doing, they all started selling. And it's like, I had family members call me. I'm like, just whatever you do, don't sell. It's like, yes, things are bad. And they're like, well, if the, what if the world ends. I'm like, well, then it doesn't matter what you sold because your money's worthless. But I said, what's going to happen when the market tanks? You think Amazon's going out of business? You think Moderna's going out of business? None of these companies are going out of business. you know. And so people have kept their money in and March of 2020 made a ton of money. And then you see like this year, the market tanked in January through the summer. And everybody's like, oh, the sky's falling. Everybody started selling. And what happened this summer? Crazy summer rally. It's, it's up huge this summer. So it's like, you just never know. It's so hard to time the market. I just tell people it's like, just Keep putting money in the market all the time and don't worry about it. Doctor Doc is a personal lending solution designed by doctors for doctors. We understand that doctors' financial situations change faster than an insulin drip and ketoacidosis. And we also understand that doctors are the most reliable borrowers in the world. Through our proprietary algorithm, we're able to provide personal loans at great rates with amazing flexibility because we take into account your schooling, your specialty, and where you are in the medical journey. Doctors come to us after they've matched into residency and we loan for all sorts of personal reasons, from credit card debt consolidation to family expenses and medical bills. We speak with everyone who applies for a loan and offer fixed interest rates and flexible term options 
without prepayment penalties. If you're a physician looking for a personal loan, fill out our application form now. It only takes three minutes and we'll get back to you with the decision within 24 hours. How can someone start building their own passive income machine? Yeah, that, so that's cool. I, I, I do things in phases. I tell people, you know, phase one is just get started, you know, start doing things like that. Phase two is you're accumulating money. And it's, this, is, this is the fun part. At phase two, you're you're maxing out any retirement accounts you can get. You're putting, you have your emergency account funded. You have a college savings account for your kids. You have health savings accounts. You have brokerage accounts. Then it's like when you start getting money there, then the third phase of financial life, I call it, is you start seeing these deals that all started popping up in the last couple of years. And one thing I've done in my phase, because I'm not considering myself like starting the third phase is you could find these deals where it's like you can invest into private equity and other businesses, other companies. And the coolest part about it is you don't get to do anything like you have no say, but you have no responsibility either. So to me, it's like it's been amazing. It's a super slow process, but it's out there. You see tons and tons of deals out there and tons of deal flow picking up. And then now there's all these different real estate investments you can do. And it's just a really exciting time to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. I love your, I love your enthusiasm. And, uh, <laughs> so. I'm just excited. It's like love them or hate them. I blame a lot of it on Robin hood, you know, cause when Robin hood came out, you know, all the young kids were buying GameStop and AMC and all this crazy stuff. People my age would never do, but the or Robin hood started making so much money that fidelity, Ameritrade, Schwab, they all had to cut their fees. They all had to make their programs better, make their apps better. So now you're seeing lots of different things where it's it's so easy to invest because back when I was a broker, people would call up and be like, you know, they couldn't afford a share of, you know, certain stocks. Now, because of Robinhood, you have fractional shares. And if people don't know what that is, that's like, say, when Amazon was at 4,000, you're like, man, if I buy 100 shares, it's going to cost me 40, you know, it's going to cost me $40,000. I don't want to do that. But now you can literally say, you know what, I want to buy $25 of Amazon every Wednesday. And you can do it. It's so cool because fractional shares are just a game changer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, technology really leveled the playing field. Oh, it's so awesome. Uh, made things more efficient, more cheaper, um, really cut out middlemen and, um, you know, really changed the game. So Oh, it's huge. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, um, yeah, we talked about, you know, it sounds like you're, you have a very powerful money mindset. How, how did you come about that and how, or how did you build it and, what sort of resources did you have? I think it goes back to childhood. Like I felt ripped off because like my family was always like, you know, we can't afford this. We can't afford that. Rich people suck. Might just grow on trees. So I had the worst money mindset in the beginning. I was, I had this whole reputation. People that know me from college, they, they consider me like the cheapest person. I'm like, man, I'm not that person. So like when I go to pay for dinner, people freak out. I'm like, I'm not that person anymore. Cause I grew up just, you know, we didn't have any money and money sucked. And then, like I said, I started working as a broker and I started seeing what real money was. And then the crazy thing is through jujitsu, I started to meet a lot of people. I started meeting doctors, lawyers, federal agents, police officers, bartenders, all the different people. And then we became good friends. I hear they talk to their kids about money. And I'm like, hey, this, this isn't fair. You know, it's like you're telling you're talking to your 15 year old about your business and investments. Like my parents didn't have investments. So I was like, I always said, oh, you know what? I'm going to work on my mindset so I can be a better dad. And, you know, with my kids, because I catch myself all the time. Like my kids would be like, oh, I want this. And I'm like, we can't, oh, shoot, I can't say that. Um, so then the big thing I switch it to is how can we afford it? You know, because there's always ways if they want something bad enough, they can find a way. But given these negative mindset makes it so hard. And it's like the media makes it horrible too. It's like if anybody makes money, like all oh, the billionaires are the worst people on earth. I'm like, man, they're funding a lot of really cool things. Yeah. So for me, it's just been a nonstop process of just like, 
you know, podcasts, self-development books, you know, audio books, just trying to like biographies of, of successful people. It's like, what do they do differently? And a lot of them just think different. Like they don't have the limiting beliefs that a lot of us are born with. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned um, some uh, books. Um, what are some books that you could recommend to people that are in the audience that are really, you know, hyped up about what you're talking about? Yeah. One is Think and Grow Rich. This is a crazy good book. I don't know if you've read that one. It's it's a really good book. I really enjoy that one. Um, that one's phenomenal. Another, a new one that's really good is Ed Milet's The Power of One More just came out. It's phenomenal. Uh, another one I love is The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. It's like so simple, but just game changing, you know, because it teaches you how little things and one more than is atomic habits, uh -huh. which is just about like small habits. And if you do them consistently, they just compound and make your life easier. You know, it's, it's like going back to college or for you guys going to medical school. It's like, you know, you got a test coming up, you got to cram. And it's like, but if you'd have done like just a little bit every day, you wouldn't have, to, I remember in college, it was like, oh God, I got this test tomorrow. I better start studying. You know, and it's like, if I just would have done a little bit every day, it wouldn't have been so bad. So that's why I tell people with their finances and, and their businesses is just do a little bit, make small, positive, incremental improvements every day. And then it gets easier. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's, um, um, the other thing is, um, so sounds like, um, you know, you really, your mindset really helped you and you surrounded yourself with a really, um, powerful environment and ecosystem to help you, you know, be good with money, invest your money, you know, create passive streams, get your freedom. Um, the other thing is, uh, so we'll get into some of the technicals, but, uh, what do you think is the, um, why do you think developing wealth is too slow and boring for most people? It's it's so funny. If I show people like when I give them that example, like literally anybody, you know, do four or 500 bucks a month, 9.5% a year, 40 years, people are like, oh, it's so boring. And if you look at a chart, like the first 10 years, it's like, it goes, oh, like the like 10, it's a slow, slow. It's like Charlie Munger. You know, he says the first hundred thousand is, is the hardest thing, you know, cause it takes so long, but then people don't realize a lot of people quit before then like, oh, you know, savings too hard, investing is too hard. But yeah, I forget what the number is. It's like six or seven, maybe 10 years to get your first hundred thousand. But then the next hundred thousand is like five years and the next hundred thousand is two years. And then so the the sooner you do it, the faster it compounds. But the, the average person, they're like, oh, I don't want to wait 40 years. And I'm like, well, you're not going anywhere. You might as well do it now anyways. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's hard too, because we get caught up in the sexy stuff. Like everybody's like, oh, I want to be a trader. Or I want to be a day trader. Or I want to trade options. And I tell people that stuff all has its place and everything, but you can't make that the, that'd be like, you know, when Michael Jordan, you know, was playing basketball, it's like, he didn't warm up doing, you know, 360 dunks. He warmed up doing chess passes and the most fundamental things. It's like, if you have all your fundamentals dialed in and your everything's, yeah, have a small account that's fun. And you just, you know, do crazy weird stuff with, and you know, your Bitcoins and your Ethereums and different stuff like that and have fun with it. But at the end of the day, you have to have your, your baseline solid fundamental approach that covers you. So I joke off my wife, cause we started doing, you know, we started buying into other businesses and she was like, well, what if something goes wrong? I'm like, well, I said, we're not going to starve. It's like, it's extra money that we built up over the years. We still have our fundamental plan. This is the like, Hey, if this works out, this is a moonshot. And then we'll get checks, you know, every month, every quarter for the next, however long, you know, so it's, it's having the fundamentals that allow you to do the fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody that. likes the fundamentals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh there's, um, a popular quote, you know, you get uh, rewarded in public for what you practice in private. So, oh uh, yeah. Uh, what what do you think is the difference between you know because you mentioned day trading? What's the difference, you know, either psychologically or technically between trading and investing? 
That's a great question. That's a super, super uh, strange area. So investing is like thinking about long-term Warren Buffett. I tell people like, you want to be an investor, think Warren Buffett mentality. Warren's like, why well, buy a stock for the next 10 or 20 years? He doesn't buy it for like six months to a year. He's like, he's investing, he's putting money away. It's like, I think he has it put into his trust or whatever when he dies that his wife's money all goes in the S&P 500 and then like a little bit in bonds. Like he's like, I want nothing complicated. You know, it's too hard to beat the S&P 500. Day trading is a super tough animal. Everybody's tried it. I've tried it. You know, it's like, tell you every time I've tried, I lose. It's like, it's, it's in a, you get a rush from it though, because when you win, you're like, oh my God, I'm the greatest thing ever. And then risk management, then you end up losing twice as much as you made. So yeah. <laughs> day trading is a super hard thing. I have friends that do it and they're good at it, but they literally have like two monitors. They're staring at it. They're drinking like four Red Bulls. I'm like, I don't know if this is healthy guys. Cause they're, they're super stressed out because they're watching the candles tick. And I'm like, but, you know, I've seen people that are really good at it. You have to have insane focus and insane risk tolerance where most of us don't have risk tolerance. That's where I end up falling apart is when you in investing, you're like, oh, the stock goes down a little bit. Oh, I'm not worried about it. It's for the long term. But when you're day trading, if a stock goes down and you, you're like, oh, maybe it's going to come back, then you get crushed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> um, the other thing is um, what what do you see as uh, why are most people unhappy no matter how much money they have? Man, a lot of times it's, I talk to a lot of people, especially because I still have a jujitsu gym, which was my first entrepreneur. Um, or I guess my first successful entrepreneurship run, like been doing that for 20 years, uh -huh. but I still have one location I keep. So it's like my baby. It's my place to kind of go and let loose. I see a lot of people that have a lot of money, but they don't take care of themselves. And then they come in and they're like, literally they're falling apart and I'm like, and they're so unhappy. And it's like, man, you got to take care of yourself. And, and the hard part is, and we start to see it a lot, unfortunately with like guys, my age, like in their late forties, early fifties, they're all half of my friends are getting divorced now because you know, they were, they spent the last 25 years trying to make other people happy and raise their kids and their kids are gone. And they're like, okay, I don't like my life anymore. <laughs> this is not what I want. You know? So I tell people, it's like, find a hobby, find something that's healthy. You know, like I can tell by looking at you, you're in good shape and you work out and take care of yourself. But you see a lot of people with money that are, you know, one foot in the grave. And it's like, man, you're working so hard and you're not going to get to spend any of it. Yeah. 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 It's so important. You know, like, oh, it's crazy. I mean, especially your guys' profession, you probably see it all the time is like, people don't want to take care of themselves until it's something really bad. And you're like, yeah, this is, you know, if you accumulated this health problem for 30 years, you want me to fix it overnight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's like finances are only one pillar, but you know it's a very important pillar. But you know, you, there's all other pillars. You know, there's your health and your your relationships and your family and you know emotional health as well. So oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's and it's quite interesting because you've been able to you know really develop really solid relationships. Um, what's your formula for you know giving your kids? and an unfair advantage in life and getting your spouse on the same page financially. Yeah. That one's the big battle. Cause my friends will be like, yeah, I, I knock on wood. I, I don't know how I've been this lucky. If I've been married for, since I met my wife 25 years ago, been married for 23. So, but I think one thing we, we started doing by accident that I'd gotten advice from somebody else is we just talk about money. Like I don't, I don't hide any, like a lot of my friends are like, Oh, you talk to your wife about money. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of important. She should kind of know what's going on, you know? And, and she helps me because I'll want to do some stuff stupid sometimes like during the pandemic i was like well no we should open a subway or some kind of a franchise thing and 
She goes, yeah, that's great. Then what happens if somebody calls in sick and you gotta go make sandwiches? And I'm like, oh yeah, I don't want to do that. Never mind, forget it. You know, no, no, I'm out. But so she's a great checks and balance. And then, you know, we communicate about money and like, and she comes from a background of like me, but even lower the lower than me, where she didn't, her parents didn't have any money, they didn't have anything. So it's like, I joke around like at our house, people come over and visit and CNBC's on, you know, from market open to market close. And you don't, everybody knows my sister-in-law, you don't turn the channel. It's just a staple at our house is like CNBC. So my wife has over the years has become a really good investor because she just invests in what she uses and, you know, sticks to things she holds forever. It drives me nuts. Like she'll buy something, hold it for three or four years. And then she just crushes me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the biggest thing you do is, is when your kids are young is, is I call it breaking the financial cycle. Hope, you know, depending on the level people listen to this, a lot of times, if you didn't grow up around money, nobody talked about money. But then when you get around wealthy families, they talk about money. So with my kids, since they were little, we always talked about money. It's like, you know, what, what do you think about this? What could you do here? You know, what do you think about Apple stock? You know, you think Amazon's going to be good for the long term. You think the, the iPhone's going away and Droid's going to beat it. My kids would be like, no, no, iPhone's the best forever. I'm like, all right, we should buy some more Apple then. You know, and it's teaching them to think differently about stuff. I forget it was, somebody had a really good quote, like, if you would, didn't even invest and in, if you just bought enough Apple stock for the same price as an iPhone every year for the last 10 years, you'd have like a couple hundred grand. It's something ridiculous, you know, it's like, but everybody wants like, no, man, I got the, the new iPhone, the new iMac, the iPad, the MacBook Air. And I'm like, how much Apple stock do you have? And they're like, none. I'm like, okay. You know, you could be making like, you know, guarantee, obviously nothing guarantees it, but you know, if you're using it and buying it. So I want my kids just to think differently. Like we always talk about money. We always talk about opportunity, different things like that. And of course, my son's younger. So he wants to talk about crypto. Like he thinks stocks are for old people and crypto is the future. And I'm like, well, yeah, maybe. But, yeah. you know, I just like the fact that he's open-minded and we'll talk about money because, you know, that's the one thing I saw when I got around people with money is how they talk to their kids. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep it, keep it open, keep it honest. Um, yeah. Just talk about it. Um, and just that's, that's how you get kids exposed and really interested in it. Oh yeah. The sooner, the better. It's like my nephew, he lived with us for a little bit and he'd ask me all kinds of questions and stuff. And then he was finished up school and they finished up school and now he got a job as a stockbroker. So I'm like, ha, I'll take credit for that. Cause he was going to school for accounting. And yeah. I was like, dude, you know, I got him in learning about the markets and everything. And then he's like, Hey, I'm going to be a stockbroker now. I'm like, cool. You know, go reach out to these companies. And then, you know, he, had, he ended up getting a job and passed his seven and 63. So I was like, ha, that was cool. He listened. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. I really enjoyed this conversation and um, your enthusiasm is very infectious and, you know, I really love it. <laughs> Thank you. And I, I hope the, uh, the, I'm sure the audience really, um, really resonated with your, um, uh, your principles and your ideals. So, um, yeah, I get excited when we start talking about this kind of stuff. I just get, I get all fired up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same here. Um, how can people visit your website, contact you, work with you? Yep. Yeah, my website's good. I update my blogs and stuff like that on there in the podcast. It's uh, www.paulhalme.com. And then on social media, my favorite's Instagram, uh, you know, dot com forward slash P-A-U-L period H-A-L-M-E. Um, I love Instagram, although now there's a bunch of fake accounts out there. So I only have one real account. So, <laughs> Well, and for the audience out there, um, Paul's resources will be in the links in the show notes and um i really enjoyed this conversation it was you know, yeah it was a lot of fun thanks for having me oh uh, and i'm sure the audience really got a lot of key takeaways and it's great i hope so um we look forward to connecting with you and hearing about your future success mm -hmm.
Thank you. I'm excited that you made it for another episode. You are truly the best. If you've been following the show for a while, you know that my passion is to bring you the education you need to find your path to financial freedom. Please come back week after week for new content, new resources, and great guests. Until then, if you haven't already, please be sure to check out the website, www.drchrislewmdphd.com for more support. I'll see you next week.